Hello there, this is Michael Gobier from the First Day Pod. Before the show starts, I wanted to take a moment to ask if you could consider pausing the show right now and giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We haven't had a new rating since July 1st of last summer. And although all of our ratings are five stars, we're overdue for one. And we only ask this because it'll help the show grow, and then we can connect, learn, and engage with more people. So if you like the show, pause it real quick. Give us a five-star rating only on Apple Podcasts. For some reason, you can't rate the show on Spotify or other apps. We would really appreciate it. If you don't use an iPhone, you can also go and Google Apple Podcasts and find our show, First Day Pod. Thank you so much. We love doing the show. We really do. It means a lot to us, and we want to keep doing it for the rest of our lives. Now, on with the show. First Day Pod. One of our favorite guests has returned, Dave Wolf. Dave Wolf Recovery, Trigger-Free Nutrition, and soon-to-be SugarXGlobal.com. These are all concepts Dave has created as he battles the difficult challenge of food and sugar addiction. A lot of us have made resolutions as January comes to an end in 2021. And if you're struggling with yours, and you don't have the foundation or the support that you need, well, you've come to the right place. Leanne and Mike are going to talk to Dave about structure and have an honest conversation about what really needs to be done if you truly hope to put the food addiction that you struggle with to rest. That's all coming up today on the First Day Pod. First Day Pod at First Day Pod at ProtonMail.com, First Day Pod on Twitter and Instagram and all those things, uh, all the places where you would go to do things with other people and connect and engage. Uh, we have on <clears throat> Dave Wolf from Dave Wolf Recovery, who we've had on before. We've also had his mother on with us, Judy. Uh, hello to Judy out there. And hello to your wife out there, Kelly. Kelly, I hope you're doing well. And like you said, Dave, you're a new father and you're very busy with that, I'm sure. But uh, what's going on on the recovery side of things? Yeah, you know, day at a time, life's going well. You know, uh, definitely a new, got to use some more tools because I'm exhausted. But uh, other than that, you know, just just taking it one day at a time. How old is she? Uh, Violet is six weeks. Six weeks. Six mm -hmm. weeks, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know much about babies. Is she on like a good sleeping schedule by now? <laughs> Uh, not yet. Uh, well, it's not bad. I mean, oh, she's really? up. Yeah, she she wakes up like twice in a night. Oh, that's right not now. bad. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. It's it's just not ideal. You know, when you're a parent, it's uh, it's not that you wake up twice a night. It's that you've woken up twice a night for the last six weeks. So mm -hmm. it's like it compounds on itself. But but yeah, it's, she's she's doing a great job as far as oh. babies go. Yeah, that's awesome. Wonderful. Yay. So how do you? Or what tools are you using then to oh, it's just, combat the situation? It's just really the same stuff, you know, uh, 
just staying connected with my pack and uh, I do some prayer and meditation for myself and readings and uh, just really staying connected, just putting more of an, more of an effort in that's all more of like more than what baseline was. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I think tired's a big trigger for a lot of people. So just staying on top of that is so important. Yeah. Especially when you can't just say, okay, I need to go to bed earlier to like tonight. Right, <laughs> That's right. not an option for you. You know that it's going to be a long haul for it. I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine um, about the exact same thing that we're like, we're really trying now. Well, we've been trying, um, but we're really trying and we're both exhausted today. So we're both like checking yeah, in. That's about like, right. How you doing? How you doing? Because sure, sure. we know it's like, that's yeah. where it ends up being a free for all. Yeah, we say hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, hungry, so. angry, lonely, tired. Wow, that's halt. Awesome. I mean, stop. Correct. Immediately. Stop. Yes. I like it. There's halt. a major threat. A front. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, so. Dave, Dave, I got your book here. That you I sent saw me. that last week. That was so funny. I just like popped in for a second. Here he is talking about my book. I was like, huge ego blast. It yeah. was perfect timing. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> that's right. Uh, here it that's is. Right. Awesome. Right this is the That's fix awesome. for cravings. Dave sent me a copy of this, and it's off, also uh, privately signed by him, the one and only, right there. So, there it is. Look, Look at that. that. Look at that. Messy. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm in the beginning stages of it. So, I think okay, page forty-seven is where I'm at right now, and this is kind of like breaking down what you need to be doing after you kind of explain what you're trying to do. And sure, sure. I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, it's very thorough. There's no ground left uncovered. You lay out exactly what you're trying to do, and you make it very clear on page 43. This is not a diet. This is not a detox. Yeah. This is oh, in yeah. capital bold print underlined. And it says, this plan will not be slowing or slowly phasing back the foods it has removed from your life. Sure, sure, sure. That has never worked in the past with food addicts, and it certainly won't work now. Yeah, oh, yeah. It sounds I, – I can hear you saying it when Absolutely. I read it. I mean, I think one of the important things is that when people are coming off drugs, whatever it is, sugar, alcohol, hard substance, they have brain fog. Their brain is whoop-de-woo. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we need to be really clear. And I think that's one of the reasons why we need we need these constant reminders. Like you're talking to your friend about how you're exhausted. I mean, you need to be reminded that you're supposed to be exhausted right now. I mean, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Your brain is like angry at you. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. I, I need to be reminded of these things. Just like I needed to be reminded in the beginning on a daily basis that I was an addict. Mm -hmm. um, I needed someone. I needed to, to proclaim that to someone that understood. That makes a big, big difference. We talked um, – the same uh, gal. And actually I met her in your support group. And so now we kind of like just text and stuff because we're both oh, struggling. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We can't seem to get past that day one. It's like day one, day two, day three, uh, one, day one, yep, day yep, two. Yep, day. Yep. And so now we're both day six. So wow. that's yeah, awesome. it's huge. And like in yeah. your support groups, you hear like it's been 90 days or it's been you know, 18 years and you hear it and you're like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get right, there? Right. But like, like six, six days, I feel like it's six years for me. It like, seems so out of reach. Yeah. But, but I'm just so happy. One day after another day, after another day. 
So I remember when I was early in recovery and this guy, this guy had like, was getting a five-year coin. Okay. Been sober for five years. And he said, uh, I said, how did you do it? And he said the most brilliant thing to me. He's like, Dave, it took five years. (laughs) Like it did. It took five years of just doing it day in and day out. That's all it is. It, it's yeah. not complicated, but um, I think that's so important to remember mm-hmm. because Every we, we build we build this thing up to be so big and so huge. And mm-hmm. it's really just not, I just didn't choose to do drugs today yeah. for five years in a row. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why it's nice with yours that it's not, you're not going to be weaning things uh, like back in kind of thing because well, I think that doesn't work. well it doesn't work and if you're thinking about it then it's like when am I going to be done this right, awful right, right. way of living right before I can finally get back to cheesecake <laughs> like, right sorry, and when guys. I say it doesn't work I mean for addicts I'm just speaking specifically <laughs> for addicts right. who uh, find that abstinence works for them mm-hmm. um but yeah I think um I think that's important, but I also think it's really important that we have to frame it in a day. Like, like, so I, this is my mantra just for today. I will not put anything in my body that will anything inside of me that will harm my body or my spirit. So like that could be my focus. It could be my connection with my higher power, or it could be just how I feel nausea, sluggish brain fog. So, but I just do that one day at a time. That's it. Just today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's what I've been doing. It's that's I think what shifted it for me this time. And anybody that's been listening to this whole journey, they're like, "Oh, this is the one that shifted for her now." And it is. I it's hear a you. I hear you. Yeah, and it's it's a constant uh, trial and error. It's a, yeah, it's like a spiral staircase. You keep on circling around to the same point, but you have a slightly different perspective because you're a little higher up. I love mm. that. Yes. Yeah. Right now, what I've been doing is I've been focusing on today is the first day. So I've been ignoring the last day. Like, even though it's been a good one, it's been good, but I'm really not focused. It's like, this is the first day. And instead of me focusing on not having sugar, because I feel like every time I was telling myself I wasn't going to have sugar, it like made me think about sugar all the time. Now I'm like, Today is the first day, and I'm only going to eat things that are going to bring me energy. Well, I right. know that the other the sugar is not going to. So I've been and like, lasting energy. Yes, lasting energy. That's right. a big one, right? So I don't have that big fall, and it's been working like just every day. So I'm so grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave, oh, by the way, where do uh, people get this book if they want it? Oh, you can get on my website if they want a signed copy which is triggerfreenutrition.com. Um, and I'm happy to personalize and mail it out. Um, it's also available on Amazon, uh, either in, a ho- in in that format or also Kindle. Oh. Kindle. Okay. Kindle. Wow. Kindle. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, that Dave puts a lot of work, and if you've never listened to our show or watched us live before, uh, first of all, hi. Uh, you know, I got off to a flustered start here because I had camera issues and we were late. And we apologize for being late, so sorry for that. We try to be on time at eight o'clock, like we say we will be. Uh, forgive us. We are human beings, and it happens. So, as we kind of dive into this week's episode, I wanted to focus a bit on, you know, it's twenty twenty one. We're almost through the end of the first month of a year already. Crazy. A lot of people made their uh, resolutions and their changes, and 
this is probably by the point now where people have already faltered on those if they don't have secure foundation, which is not their fault necessarily. It's just a common mistake that we all make as humans. I've made it. I know Leanne's made it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, most people can kind of, you know, relate to that. So how, what kind of advice would you give Dave for somebody who made a attempt to change their ways when it comes to food and it failed, what would you give them as a first piece of advice? So, uh, I think the first thing we have to do is new year's resolutions are literally built to fail. I mean, they're not, they're not manageable in, in, in any way, shape or form. Right. So, um, basically you're telling yourself that you're going to all of a sudden, so you've been doing this behavior for decades, weeks, decades, years, right, right. Long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden you're going to go to a new year's Eve party, maybe even getting drunk, eating a bunch of crap. And then you're going to say tomorrow is going to be different. And I'm going to practice this new behavior 365 days consecutively in a row. <laughs> and so it's doomed. It's absolutely doomed to fail. Yeah. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, earlier about um, there's like no time where you would like reintroduce something. And so I think that, but uh, we get overwhelmed and we get all worked up and then we have, if, if we have any level of addiction at all, there's some fear about putting the substance down. Like, will I lose my identity? What will happen? Yada, yada. So I think that's really problematic. So I say, I want you to set 365 daily resolutions. Ooh, I love it. Because that's practical. You can do that. You can manage that. Like I can do anything until bedtime. Like if you asked me to knit until bedtime, I could do it if I had to. I couldn't do it 365 days in a row. Right. Um, so I think it has to be practical. Like I, I talk to people a lot about pragmatism. So like if something's not pragmatic, like if it's not going to fit into your life, there's no way you're going to do it. Right. It's just not. So like if I'm if I'm helping someone design a recovery food plan and it's not pragmatic for their life, it will fail. Right. It just will. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like if you don't eat beef and I tell you to eat beef, guess what? You ain't eating beef. Right. It's like it's just a simple example, but it's just not um, it's not going to work. So I think the daily is the way to go. It's so that I love that. Yeah, the first day. I mean, we'll agree with that for sure. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Okay. And now this is the part where Mike would normally be reading these things that are popping up. So I'm going to be like squirreling. So instead, um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So you, um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because I know that. Go ahead. Put me on the spot. Ahead. I'm ready. Okay. Sugar X Global? Are we getting close? Yeah, we are getting close. So we we are um, we are we are. We've had some changes. Okay. Um, just natural things have happened, and um, and so what we're really gearing up to now is a five day challenge, which we're really pumped about. So we're Ooh. just putting putting that together, and that's going to lead into everything. So that's um, where we're at right now, and um, and that's um, what we're thinking is what that's going to lead into is our nine week treatment program, which is like treatment, like real treatment, like wow. drug treatment or alcohol treatment, but for food. Right. Awesome. So, um, that's a huge missing piece that people don't have. And so even if, if we look at like the 12 step kind of concept, the rooms like AA, NA, all that, most people that are coming into those programs have an option of treatment. Right. But the people that are in the food programs don't. 
Mm-hmm. So there's this big piece that's missing mm-hmm. where people are, don't get to learn about their disease on like this intimate level that they teach you when they're, you know, that there's, they have curriculum and all this, and then that's missing. Um, and so we, we want to fill that hole. That's a really, really big hole. I think a lot of food addicts are really struggling with that. Oh my so God. Um, we are, we are sticking and moving. I mean, we're, we, we wish we were up now. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. So well, we're, I we're wish getting, we were up. I wish we were going, going as fast as possible. Yeah. Well, it's a logistical thing. Um, yeah, I think it, no, well, what is it? It's, uh, is I think COVID, we is COVID to related out, to this too? No, it's not. I don't think it's COVID. Why? Uh, blame it on I, COVID. I, Everybody I, blames everything on COVID. Well, because I'm not that kind of guy, I guess, anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can, can't blame anyone else for my own problems. I have no. to solve them myself with help. But uh, mm-hmm. so I think it's more of we were just kind of coming up with the right way, not the right now way. And so it took us a while to get there. Um, awesome. We knew what we wanted as an end goal. And we like we could see I'm working with, um, you know, my mom and and coach Anna and and um, and Anna's got this like this like long term vision, you know. And so we knew what the end looked like, but we weren't quite sure how to get there. So, um, that took a little while to iron out, but we're, 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 we're sticking and moving now. That's awesome. That's so we're great. pumped. We're so pumped. We're like, just, we're just ready to be open. You know what I mean? We're just like, yes, let's, let's tell people. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's fantastic. I mean, you're taking the time and you want to make sure you do it right. So why hesitate or feel a sense of panic or frustration about it? Make sure you got all your ducks we in a row. Like, we had ideas and we were like like following them through. But then they would be like, oh, this isn't right. Or And then we'd do another one. And then we'd like, we'd put a bunch of time into it and like start building on it and be like, nah, this isn't right. So <laughs> um, like we're definitely like all gusto now. So we're, we're moving and we, we have the right path. We feel it's the right path. And uh, we're just ready to help. Beautiful. That's our, our purpose and our privilege is to serve food addicts. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be yeah. amazing. If it's really anything like, it. yeah, if it's anything like you're, it's one hour a week that I go to for your support. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, going to be like that every day. Yeah. That I'm just so excited. Here, someone says accountability. Accountability is huge. Um, the community piece is huge. And that's really, I think, missing. And so we're, we're ready to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be awesome. Well, you're listening to the First Aid Pod, and you're watching us live. If you're listening, you're hearing us in audio form later on. But right now, those of you watching, uh, hi, everybody. We're talking with Dave Wolf, trigger-free nutrition, Sugar X Global on the horizon. Dave is a recovering food addict himself. Uh, You know, Dave, I had an interesting conversation on Facebook over the weekend. I belong to several addiction groups. Okay. There are all kinds of addictions, you know, just addiction in general. Sure. So many addiction groups on Facebook. Like you could join like a hundred of them and there would still be a hundred more. Okay. And I had made a comment. I saw someone talking about the tough love scenario. And I started talking about labeling ourselves addicts and whether or not we should be doing that. And, you know, some people say I'm in recovery and, you know, Uh I don't need other people, especially from, like you said, the 12 step programs, you're an addict. And you have to admit you're an addict, admit you're a powerless. You're always going to be an addict. Right. And I just wonder, I think I know how you feel about it, but I guess I would just want to get it on the record. Are you always going to call yourself an addict? Because you're pretty hardcore about that. 
yeah, well, I'm an addict. Uh, I don't, I don't see a point in my life where I'm not going to be one. Um, so that's kind of my stance. I think, uh, at least for me, just me, I had to really come to terms with that. What was wrong? Um, so that I could start to make my life a little more right. You know, um, again, you don't see it as a learned and an unlearned behavior. It could be learned and then it could be unlearned addiction. I, I mean, I would get home from school and kindergarten with my backpack and my coat, and my mittens on. I wouldn't take any of those things off. I'd run downstairs and I'd grab a whole box of fruit snacks. I'd eat the whole box. I'd hide the wrappers. I was like six. <laughs> I mean, I, I was probably an addict by the time I was like eight or nine, like clinically. Like when we do the sugar map tool and we see where people like you have to have a symptom in three criteria. Like I think by the time I was 10, I had them. I mean, I don't, and I think that's a really common story. Most times when we do these, these interviews, which is a big part of the process that we're going to use at SugarX Global. So everyone's going to be able to have the opportunity to have this assessment done. So it's it's like hugely motivating and because you can see it all on paper, you see your life, your addiction, how it's played out um, all in one place. And um, we see it, the addiction starts by five and, and usually by somewhere between 10 to 12, they're full blown addicts. So, um, at least they meet the clinical criteria. Sure. So I don't don't that at all. No, there's no point. Um, I mean, like I had the malady, like the maladjusted to life piece, even before I knew, like I couldn't, um, so we talk about, a lot of people talk about like the emotional paradigm, like, do I eat because I'm, because of my emotions or. Do I, do I use because I have emotions or trauma? And my theory is that like, um, I was already on the drug prior to me having any mental concept of emotion. Like Mm. before I knew what sadness was, before I knew what anger was, before I knew about disappointment, I knew about candy. So by the time I, I was already probably addicted by the time I had any concept of what emotions were. So it, in, at least in my story, the trauma, the trauma concept doesn't make sense. And I don't, I don't really identify with having trauma. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I have, I mean, nothing. I mean, you know, some people like I was listening to the guy you had on last, uh, Mike, uh, last week and he was talking about birth. my brother, Tra- man. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that, it's, it's your brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I saw the same last name. I didn't want to assume, but, uh, um, <laughs> That's but I don't, um, I don't resonate with trauma. So, um, I don't I actually, feel like I, I used addictively because I had trauma. Okay. I actually Personally. would like to have both of you guys come on and talk about some of these things. Cause I, not to stir a debate, but to have a healthy discourse. Hey, we're, not stir about, it. Stir it. we're not about hot takes and we're not about trying to get yeah, gotcha sure. situations, but I, sure, sure. I talked to him. I've talked to you. I like yeah. what both of you guys say, but I do sure. see a divergence. You're both oh, professional yeah, counselors. You're both, absolutely. you know, you're both professionals yeah. and you have two different ways of looking at one issue and sure, i think that's sure. interesting yeah and one of his things the point of what i was just saying with you about this conversation i was having in the addiction group is intention of words and the labels we put on ourselves and the intentions of that sure, and the sure. effect it has on us and sure my brother has kind of got into my head about you know if you label yourself a certain way you're always going to feel like that and you'll never progress beyond it even if you end up healing and i, okay. I, I wonder what, what you think about that yeah, so I mean, I think that has some value, I, but I think that um, 
the way I understand addiction isn't the way that most people understand addiction. So like when someone says to me um, that they're an addict, I don't think about someone sitting under a bridge drinking out of a paper bag. You know, I don't think about someone injecting with a rusty needle. That's not what I think about. I think about someone who's a really special brain, a really special brain, a really sensitive brain. And I think if they can harness that and overcome their substance, that they have this, I call it the magical, mysterious mind. It's just, it's beautiful. Like I fear like if we were like cavemen people, like we were the people that like, let's go get an antelope. Like those were the addicts. They were like, hoorah, let's go. Um, and I think, I think they have, we have a really special brain. And, um, and I think we understand each other and, and um, the others are like, what's up with them. But, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. We stick together and it works out well. That's beautiful. I can respect that. We had another guest on two weeks ago, Mike Curlin. Okay. He's he's just a regular guy, you know, okay. like you or me. And he started documenting his journey with food on New Year's Day, kind of doing what you say not to do with it. It's a New Year's resolution, but it's not. He's kind of taking a aggressive approach to documenting everything he's doing every day publicly so he can have accountability, actually. Okay. Okay, cool. Which yeah. makes sense. But he's yeah, also dabbling. People. He's doing what you wouldn't recommend or do yourself he dabbles here and there he's like i had i could have two cookies and stop sure sure and he said that worked um, yeah if you can stop go for it but that doesn't mean it's going to work long term yeah, that's why i, I want to see how it works for him because me and leanne were i think it's fair to say a little skeptical about hey you know because i can't i i admit i can't have just one i know leanne can't have just one right and, right yeah you know, we just keep popping i hear that once you pop the phone don't stop that's right. Food, 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 yeah. food, food. Sugar, 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 sugar. Give me, give me, give me, give me. My yeah, magical, oh, yeah. mysterious mind wants more sugar. So. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you wouldn't recommend that. Not, not for addicts. Yeah. But yes, we don't. Like, yeah. So. These are the, when I talk, I'm talking to the addict. So I can't even, I can, I'm almost at the point where I can't not talk to the addict. <laughs> right. That, so. but that, so that's where I think what you're working on and the treatment part of everything that you're working with. <laughs> Uh, sugar x global right having a paradigm that you can lay out and say hey do you fit this criteria you're an addict right right, right. that's what's really key i think to what you're doing I'm not saying you don't have that but that's what i think will really unlock a lot more for you and the people who need your help sure because myself my mom judy and anna we have no desire to work with people that aren't addicts like mm -hmm. we don't want to do that we want to just work with addicts. So when we talk, we talk to the addict. It's almost like the only person we can talk to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like can't relate to anybody that, else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can. I can try. Anyway. I know you can. But I'm, it's true. It goes back to when we first started this, Mike. When you said that Dave was going to come on. I did not think. I didn't um, think that I was an addict. So I thought that the conversation was going to be totally different because I wasn't believing that you should have to give something up like that for an entirety. And I didn't believe. So I was in a much different place. So why would you want to talk to somebody that isn't there? It's not. And I don't. Yeah, I think that it's wonderful that you're just going to be talking to the ad addicts. I think what's important is that what we're doing here, what you're doing on your end to really get it out there so people understand what addict is because we just right, right, we right. don't it's, know what it is when it comes to food 
Yeah. yeah. And um, the we've had that conversation, Mike, before about, um, you know, should you say that you're an addict and you're an addict for life or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was of the thought that no, because if they're in recovery, then they're on their way and blah, blah, blah. But on their way to what? Because sure, why sure. is it to me now, now that I understand this, what am I trying to get to by saying that I'm a not an addict to the point that then I can bring sugar in again and then I can be tired and then I can, you know, lose all my control in my sanity and my peace of mind and all of that yeah. for substance. You know what I mean? So like, I'm fine for me to be called an addict for the rest of my life. Are you? Yeah. Like I said, for me, it, it's not a, it's mm -hmm. not a point of contention. It's not, it's, it's just, it's just who I am, you know? Right. And, and the more I was able to accept that fact that no matter how many times I tried to go back and try something else, it wouldn't pan like it just wouldn't pan. So, so then, um, I went from being an addict, um, to being a recovering addict to being a grateful recovering addict. So, you know, and I think that's, that's helpful. I think people to see that progression, um, yeah. because in the beginning, did I want to be an addict? No. Mm -hmm. Um, today I love being an addict in recovery though. I mean, yeah! love it. Love it. You so, really do. He's not kidding, folks. No, I no, I'm a I want to ask you about this. Guy, yeah. uh, Taco Light here says, have you done the life assessment on people and find out that they were not an addict? And if so, what were they? Yeah. So, um, I mean, mo most people who come to me, honestly, end up meeting their criteria for addiction because they're seeking out a guy who's based in an abstinence model, right? So, but they, they could be a harmful user. So you have, we have like social users, um, which would be like someone who like uses sugar on occasion, not a big deal. You know, they might have one or two symptoms or, yeah. um, and then harmful user, which is kind of more along the lines of like an eating disorder, or they tend to be able to be successful with some good counseling, some support, um, moderation techniques whether that's setting up rules for themselves or whatever, but like you give an addict a rule, like, like how many times did you tell yourself that you were going to have two Oreos and, and then what happens, right? So like with, the, with an addict, the rules <laughs> don't work because once the substance comes in, right. The, the addiction just like takes over mm -hmm. the red dogs just like in charge. And so, um, so yeah, we, we, I've done assessments where people um, come up as harmful users and, and they, they appear like more like of an eating disorder kind of paradigm. Um, and, um, but I don't uh, work with them. I, I, I have people that I know, um, that I trust that I send them to. Mm, okay. Good. Uh, by the way, we love your comments. Thank you. Keep them coming. Uh, the computer is far away from me today, so I have to run over there to check your comments, and I will post them. But we love the engagement. That's why we do the live stream. We love the podcast, and you podcast listeners, we always appreciate you. Thank you so much for being First Day Pod listeners. But we love the live engagement where we get real-time questions of the conversation we're having in the moment. And that's why we do this. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing so. Your mom just posted a wicked good question. Did she? Can you read yeah, it? I can't yes. see it. So an eating disorder <laughs> is not an addiction, question mark. So it's it's almost hard, right? Because um, 
if you look at the criteria used to diagnose eating disorders, they have some things that like look like they could be addiction, but the treatment is really very different. So especially in, in sort of our line of thinking at SugarX Global and my line of thinking as an abstinence, as a supporter of abstinence, they do not suggest abstinence for eating disorders. That's not the way they treat eating disorders. Like they literally, in certain instances, they literally try to teach you how to moderate things that you've abused, like learning the techniques. Now, I'm not an eating disorder specialist. I've never been in eating disorder treatment as an individual. I've learned about it, but I've heard addicts that go to eating disorder treatment can be seriously harmed by the way that they're treated in in residential treatment because they're like, no, we want you to have one fun size candy bar, you know, and and that for an addict will trigger um will trigger the obsession and the compulsion to use. So um it can be dangerous. And that's, that's why we need treatment for addiction. And it's food not addiction. very available. Right. It, if it's available, it's at a very, 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 very high price point. Oh yeah. Uh, like in the tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's scarce. That's it's, the problem. Yes. It's scarce and um, it's not valued. I don't think. No, it's not the norm either. And uh, that's why what you're doing and why we have these conversations so that we could try to normalize more of this talk and the understanding and the concepts so that one day going to a rehab for food addiction will be just as normal as when people start going to rehabs for and drug addiction in the eighties and nineties. Because I'm, uh, look at America. I mean, if you just look at the weight, just, I, I hate using weight as a symptom, but it's just, it's physical and it's clear and people understand it. Right. Yes. So, because uh, they can see it. If, if a third of America's overweight and a third of it's obese, what percent of those people do you think are addicted? Right. I, I would say a fair amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would say, I would say half of America would benefit from abstinence. That's right. that's a low ball estimate too. So yeah, because people don't want to talk when it comes to fat shaming and the concept of it when we're doing talks like this. I remember we got a message once about saying that there's this fat shaming, and it's not about fat shaming, but if you are unhealthy physically because you have too much uh of a of fat, or I mean, there's people who can be big boned and healthy or whatever, you know, whatever that term means. So I don't know sure. How to say it without, I'm not trying to disrespect people. I'm chubby right now. I can show you my stomach. You'd be like, oh, that's a nice chubby stomach. I admit that. Um, but it it only makes me feel bad, not because I'm ashamed of what it looks like, but because I know it represents that I'm unhealthy. I know deep within my bones that I am unhealthy. I have always been very pro who I am physically, and I don't, I, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm like, I don't care. I've flaunted my body most of my life when it was not the ideal body type anyways. And I had to get over that at a certain age, but it's not about that. What it is about is I know I'm putting unhealthy stuff in my body that's going to hurt me. And it's going to cause diabetes, uh, heart disease, other ailments, gout even. I mean, I know friends, I have friends who have gout. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. I, I mean, there's are all what I call, people call them um, diseases. I hate that. These are symptoms. Mm. Diabetes isn't a disease. I'm talking about type 2 diabetes. Right. It's a symptom. Mm -hmm. Obesity, it's not a disease. It's a symptom. Mm. Why are we treating symptoms? Band-aids for bullet holes. It doesn't work. 
<laughs> we're totally avoiding the problem that's undercutting all of it, which can be directly related to the fact that our food supply is laden with addictive, psychoactive <laughs> food substances. It's not food, yeah. Yeah, yeah they call it food. but Right, the, it's food-like substances, yeah. yeah. But Dave, what happens if everybody finds out they're addicted and then we're not buying all of that sugary food and having all of that medication to take care of all of our symptoms. So what that's happens? what the issue is. We save is. the world. We <laughs> right. save the world. Our agricultural system will go back to what it was meant to be where cows eat grass, you know, and uh, there's all, there's, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary sacred cow. Um, no. this, it's possible for us to really repair the damage that's been done to the earth. And I think, um, uh, What's the right word? Pasture raised agriculture is a big part of that, mm -hmm. right? So the people and people use defenses. I don't want to want to get into all this political stuff, but oh well. The you um people talk about how animals are creating a, an increased amount of greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. My hypothesis is that greenhouse gases are probably coming from greenhouses, but I don't know. So it's just, I think that the way that we raise crops is actually what's probably harming the environment more than the animals itself. But that's a whole nother story. But I think it all ends up tying in with addiction. Mm -hmm. um, I think the food supply is, is very dangerous. Uh, it's creating this disease at a very, very young age. We're talking about people under the age of 10 with fatty liver disease, under the age of 10. I don't mm -hmm. know what grade is that, second or third grade? That's ridiculous. So um, so it's it's dangerous. Wow. Yeah, let me, hey, let me, um, so Mike is popping up a bunch of the things. And the last time that he popped up all the comments, I ignored it because I get too uh, squirrel. I hear you, I hear you. But let's actually read some of them. Um, so, oh, your wife, if someone is not sure uh, they are a food addict. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Mike. Uh, if someone is not sure they are a food addict or unable to admit it yet, is there an assessment tool they can do to provide them with more insight in whether or not they are an addict? Yeah, so the that's basically my mentor, Bitten Johnson, came up and developed this tool called the sugar tool. And it's basically, it takes people through the criteria for addiction, like the diagnostic clinical criteria based on the ICD-10 international medical coding system. And literally you, you, you have a bunch of yes or no questions. And then if it's a yes, you ask them, when did the symptom first arise? And then they'll say, well, maybe they were seven or they were 25 or they were 50. And it literally it constructs a map of their yeah. disease. And then you also ask them questions about other substances. So you can kind of see where the lines start crossing and you can see like where people are sort of like changing chip on the Titanic. Like I just did a map on someone like they came to the U S and when they were in the U S they didn't have access to pain, pain, pain medication. So their food went way up because they were switching seats on the Titanic. I love so that. That's you the said best that. thing to do. Yes. That made it all that one sentence about um, just switching seats on the Titanic. Sure. You said that the first time that you were on and that really hit home for me because I was like, holy mackerel. Yeah, that's what. Because either way you're sinking it. I mean, it, it, regardless of what kind of chair you're sitting in, the boat's mm -hmm. going down. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Insane. Um, farming has a depleted. Okay. 
Hold on. The Fleet of the Earth of Minerals. That was back probably in the cattle talk I was doing there. Oh, cattle yeah. Talk. Yeah. Well, you're listening well, live to Cattle Talk. This is Michael Govia. No, it's not Cattle Talk. It's First Day Podcast with Michael Govia. Leanne, hello, our dear guest, Dave Wolf, triggerfreenutrition.com. Also, the book. Don't forget the book. It's right here. The Fix for Cravings. If you want to stop screwing around and get serious, I think it'll make a difference in your life. Uh, I'm, you know, I failed this month. I, I tried to get on the right track, blah, blah, blah. And I screwed it up because, you know, I didn't have an organizational plan. And I'm just another one of your typical addicts screwing around. And if I don't take this book seriously, then I won't change. I know that for a fact. At least I know that. And it's up to me. But I also need support in doing that. And I do have support. I mean, me and Leanne support each other. But we're also apart. We don't get to physically see each other. So it only goes so far sometimes. And when you're alone in a house, I live in a house by myself. And I'm in it alone. I go to work on occasion. <laughs> and other than that, I'm just here. And what I'm getting at, Dave, is beyond being an addict and who people are. Because we know what addicts are generally. What about situational addicts? Is that a thing that could exist? Because I know from my own experience, I won't eat with other people around. I'll eat when I'm alone. Okay. And that's truly how it is. I sure. I have, it's all situational for me. If I go to a party and there's a bunch of sugar treats, I can totally blow it off. Leanne's seen me do this. She knows this is what I do. But now, when I'm why, alone, why that's where that? being alone is what triggers me. So being alone is a true. Is there any... Is there any association that you have with other people watching the way that you really eat? <laughs> that that could be that could be part of it. But I also feel that I just like being alone so I can like I can just enjoy it by myself and it's my time. I don't, you don't want to share it. Yeah. It's very strange. Because it's your drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's there's truth to that. Sure. I, I don't have the full answers to all of it. In, I just know how I am. We come from different places and spaces, and we come in all sorts of different flavors, and people use differently. You know, um, just like people have preferred uh, hard substance of choice. It, it's not that, well, let's say they're a heroin user, it's not that they won't do cocaine if they can't get heroin, because they might. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I think that, yeah, being alone. You know, uh, I was in Tahoe uh, at a recovery meeting. And I heard this guy say one of the most amazing things on a family vacation. Uh, and he said, when you're home alone, you're outnumbered. And like, I don't think that makes sense unless you're an addict. Wow. But if you're an addict, that really makes sense. As, wow. an, as an opioid addict, I did the same thing. I always did it alone. And I didn't want Coke. The thing that you just said about, yeah, he might do Coke too. I wouldn't. I had no interest. Interest. Interesting. I'm, yeah. Everything is very good. specific for me. I know that's what good. I want, but it's got to be exactly how I want it. But I'll take it all the way. So it's not like there's a there's like a line of demarcation, but then there isn't because I'll just I've destroyed my life when I used opioids. So it's not like I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> very strange. Very strange. It's I, I like everyone uses differently, you know? Everyone recovers differently. So you know, and, okay, so that's what I mean then. So even though addiction is universal in a sense, so we could define it and describe it, there are many different parameters about how and why and where. Like you said, with the trauma versus emotional versus sure. just being an addict, a, a physically addicted addict, there are different ways that people get to the point of addiction and how they operate are also can be different ways. Sure. Yeah. I think the entry point can be different and the exit point can be different. 
So, and the maintenance is different. But what's yeah, universal I mean, is that it, it causes need, a negative outcome. You need to create your own recovery. You know, and the only person your recovery needs to work for is you. So, um, and you're going to be the only person. So we're talking about, we're talking about being, being able to have the information and the structure and the support so you can actually be honest with yourself about yourself. So, um, and, th- and that's one of the things we talk about. And I talk about, especially with Anna about uh, in Sugar X Global, right? Because we want to bring you to the point of you making a healthy decision for yourself for the first time in a long time. That's happened for me in the support group because in the support group, and I've noticed that there's a lot, like I have like kind of side conversations sometimes in the zoom, like with a couple of people that I've become friends with. And, sure, sure. um, um, we've talked about how, so they won't, say anything. They won't share. They won't do the share because they've had a bad week or whatever it is. Uh-uh. I force myself to share every week, even though I'm constantly saying, Hey guys, sorry. Like I'm sure. still at day one or I'm not at day one. Cause today I just before the call, but it's been that accountability and finding like being that honest because I hold my, and I know, wait, is not the thing, but I hold my weight very well. And so I've been able to hide my addiction very easily, very easily. So this is the first time with your support groups. And that's why I'm so excited. And I asked right off the hop about Sugar X Global, because I know that it's going to make such a big difference because this is the first time that I've been just brutally honest with myself and with the family that you've created every single week. And that's what's made it that like every time that now I, when I was using, I would go a couple of days and then I would use again. The using was different because yeah, now all yeah, of a sudden. We, uh, we ruin it for you. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were. I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. You ruined my life. Yeah. Because so. once you have the knowledge and the understanding, I think, um, you can't, you can't use in a naive conscience anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. So we ruin the fun, right? Because mm-hmm. then you start to understand, oh, when I eat this, this is what I'm doing to my brain and my body and my spirit, you know, mm-hmm. my emotions and the way I treat other people and the way I treat myself. Like that's all on the table. And that, you know, that's a buzzkill, my friends. So <laughs> Uh, I think that's the truth. And I think I, I tell now I tell people um, like if I do these like 15 minute calls to see if, you know, if I can help you, let's see if we're a good fit. And also like, do you have like I call them AMAs, ask me anything like let me let me give you 15 minutes of my time and then decide, do you want to take this further or not? Um, and so I tell people come to the group and then but I I don't say come to the group. I said you come to the group, you raise your hand as soon as possible and you just get it done with. Because yeah. once you do that, it's going to be so much easier to share. But if you don't do that in your first meeting, like, good luck. It's it you got to break the ice. And and some people just aren't ready, or they're trepidatious, or whatever. But there's so much benefit to just getting that over with. Just rip the bandaid off. I've been doing that. I don't know if you've noticed, but like yeah, every yeah. time, like so, That's I'm like, great. it me, works. I'm like sweating. And everything, like while they're the sharing the first story, I'm like, okay, just do it. As soon as he says, put your hand up, 
But it is because otherwise it's the same thing with we have an addicted brain. So if yeah. we if you don't put your hand up right away, then our brain that tells us, oh, we can just have one more cookie. OK, it's just one cookie is the same brain that's going to say, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. And then the whole hour goes by and then you don't do it. So you can yeah. you're using it the exact same way. in your fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's a dirty diaper. We don't, no one needs to sit in a dirty diaper. <laughs> no dirty diapers on this show. You're listening to the first day podcast. We're live with our guest, Dave Wolf. Those of you sharing your comments. Thank you again. We've had a lot of interesting thoughts from all of you. And we're talking about addiction. We're talking about food addiction. And in a sense, it is food addiction, but it's also addiction in general. There are Dave, you think it's fair to say the principles that you talk about could be applied to addiction overall, or do you try to really keep it to food? I know you focus on food and sugar addiction, but yeah, I mean, I think all that all the methods are totally applicable to to everyone and anything. I think that the concepts are the same. I just think with food, it's more complicated. Um, it is, you know. So yeah. I tell yeah. people like you got to eat to live. Right. But you don't need to eat Twinkies to live. You know what I mean? It's like you got to narrow it down. We get a little carried away. Yeah, but you got to eat to live. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to eat processed food, though. So I think that we need to we need to like kind of catch ourselves. That's denial. Right. So we need to cut through the malarkey of that. And so that we can we, I just ran a private group an hour ago on denial. Like that was the topic. And so I think um, we're the, I'm the last to know. Like I'm always the last person to know. I'll be like having a miserable day, and my friend Chris will say to Dave, "Are you okay?" And I have to like say, "You know what, Chris? I don't think I am." But I didn't know that until he asked me. Absolutely. So, so I just need that support. It's so important. I completely agree. And Jessica here is asking, um, "What group are you in?" So, um, Dave, you can talk about it, but it's a it's a free support group that Dave has been running since. Yeah, March? so I started this support group back when, well, I, I went to a conference in Denver right before COVID really manifested itself in mm -hmm. March. And so ever since then, we've been running this weekly group. You see, I'm playing with the pacifier jeepers. Um, <laughs> new dad here. So the um, the group meets Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern time. It's for an hour. We have a speaker come in and tell their story or there's some sort of a topic related to addiction or recovery. Um, this week, my friend Sean is coming, who you may have caught on the Quit Sugar Summit. Um, she has a really cool story about kind of sugar addiction and its connection with slavery. So, um, I'm really excited about that. And if you do come, you have to ask her about her shirts. There's a sugar mode off and it's like, look like a, like an iPhone setting. You like, oh. you know, you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so, uh, you have to ask her about her shirts cause they're really cool. I will. That's awesome. Yeah. And the group is, it really is life changing. That's why it's like family. I mean, it's such a strong community. And I keep hearing people say, like, this community is helping me, this community is helping me. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's I tell people all the time, this is my purpose and my privilege to help food addicts. And the group just is one way I get to do that. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome group. And you know what? I well, I, I told this in the group too, is that so I thought I was doing really well before the holidays. And so I didn't go to two year meetings. The Christmas one yeah, yeah. and the New Year's one. And guess what happened? Well, so I didn't I didn't use through Christmas, although I mean like Christmas wasn't really Christmas. There weren't like big parties or anything anyway. So but right after I just started using again. And I swear that it's being in those meetings because at least it's the same thing that's what's happening right now with the binging, is that 
because that's what my issue is. So I'll binge eat. And uh, before I could binge eat for an hour, a couple times a day and for weeks and like just not even think about it. Now, because you've ruined my life, now it's like I will binge for 10 minutes and then it's like, oh man, okay. So even though I might do that a couple times the day because I'm still falling into that same thing, it's only for 10 minutes. So like the calories that I'm taking in and the, the um, not shame, but kind of the shame is decreasing. Everything is kind of decreasing and the time between the binges are increasing. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I think, I think that, um, I think harm, so they have this concept in recovery called harm reduction, which is what it sounds like. It's reducing harm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a viable option. If it's getting towards you getting the substance out, like I don't, I'm not a proponent of harm reduction in general. It's just, I don't, I don't see the people like thriving the way that people are achieving abstinence thrive. Um, I'm not here to tell anyone that their recovery system isn't for them. That's really cool. If you want to do harm reduction and it's working for you in your life, that's awesome. Um, but most of the clients that I work with that try harm reduction don't, don't end up, don't, they don't, they don't feel good about what they're doing. No. And I didn't either. And I'm not, so I agree with you. Abstinence, there is nothing that tastes sweeter than that. And that's one of the Uh, things that a lot of your people say. That's a broad term though. What's that? Arm reduction. It is a broad term. It is. Uh, I myself, I've been on medicine for over three years and I'm thriving pretty well. I've been doing uh, my life compared to what it was three years ago. Vastly, vastly superior. Yeah. I'm not saying you're judging that. I'm just saying I'm an example. No, not at all. Because I mean, (laughs) Dude, if you need methadone to get off heroin, who am I to tell you that's wrong? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just like, or whatever the medication is. That's suboxone is what yeah, I've yeah. been taking. Yeah, yeah. So I started on methadone, but I switched to suboxone, which I found I found methadone to be almost like it's now good. Uh, suboxone though is much more uh, useful because you can get on with your life and you don't feel like you're taking something that gives you an effect. It also yeah, has yeah. a preventer on it with a naloxin built into it, so you could never get high if so you wanted to. Like, and I think it's probably going to depend on the individual with what what's going to work best for them. You know, I think that if, yeah. if we carry that through in all of our stages of recovery, we'll have growth. Well, I wonder, I think it would be amazing if we had some type of bridge medicine for people like that. I think Suboxone serves a purpose as a they've bridge. Made, I, they've made, I think they've attempted to make some, they came up with something called Contrave. And I've heard of people, uh, I can't say too much about it. I don't, I mean, I, I understand the concept of it. it. I think it has to do with the receptors in the brain too, just like suboxone. But mm-hmm. um, then, uh, but it, if that's what you're using to treat your addiction, you're not treating your addiction. You're just treating the way you were using. So it's, it's the addiction still there. So then there's no treatments actually taking place. So you end up just being the guy who's trying to lose weight but on contrave or um, so I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my mind, but I think that uh, it ends up being, if, uh, I don't know if it's a fair, I don't know if the comparison is um, as accurate, but I feel because- like there's an issue too with, there's an issue too with talking about a substance that you can eliminate entirely and then food that you cannot eliminate entirely. So I feel like what's happening is, because there's part of the addiction, um, like for me, what I feel like my 
Suboxone is. And this is going to sound really dumb. So everybody, just you guys know I am not medically like there's nothing. This is just my opinion. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I feel like for me, my Suboxone is two liters or more of water a day because I need to be ingesting all of this stuff. I'm telling you, I know it sounds really ridiculous, okay, but that's, that's what I look forward to because it makes me feel better and it takes off my edge. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can hear that, but it it takes off my edge and everything else. Yeah. So yours is helping, and so now you're not using. So I don't know. I think that it's just, and I'm getting a little bit of sugar. Like I get a little bit of sugar you know how they say like through the red peppers and through like all these things with like a little bit of carbs are coming through with different stuff. So it's not completely, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. All I'm saying. We all different speak your mind. We yeah. have to, and we have to do, we have, and Dave, you say this all the time. You are a big proponent in abstinence, hardcore, but you have to do what works for you. So yeah, Mike, totally. what you're doing is totally working for you. And, and I think a lot of people end up using sweeteners as a bridge. Too. Yeah. And ah. If that takes years to get rid of, some people are able to maintain their abstinence long term by using them. Some people have to remove them or they have cravings that lead back to the other substance or sugar or flour or whatever it happens to be. So here's here's the one key difference here. That's why I don't think this is a the best comparison because of the uh, absolute horror of withdrawals from opioids. I mean, they're they're debilitating and you could have you can have sugar withdrawal and it can be painful. It could be headaches and you could feel lethargic and shitty, but it'll never be what it is if you're deep in the throes of an opioid addiction. That's that's my only reasoning on that. But yeah, I can't I, I, I can't say one way or the other. That's I'll not the you, point. I'll take you for the weird at face value, though. Yeah. Bottom line is. I respect what you do and. In the end, I really do believe what you're saying for sugar addiction and food addiction is the best way to go. It is because it'll always be around and you can live without it. You don't need it. So you can sure, live a healthy, sure. solid, beautiful, fulfilled life by eating delicious meats, vegetables, non-processed trash. And that's why I believe in what you do. Just regular trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, as we wrap up the show here, um, Dave, tell people what's what's in store for the next few months. Well, you know, we're going to have you on every uh, couple of weeks, every month or so, give or take. And we do appreciate you coming on. We'd love having you be a part of the show. I think it's been probably it's been the highlight of the show for us is connecting with you in the first place because we've learned so much and it's created channels. Leanne in particular has met so many new people and they've That's become awesome. part of the book club, even our book club, which we have every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, you know, people like Ed now and people that we oh, didn't cool. know before. Out. Yeah. I mean, he's really involved in it. So shout out That's to the book awesome. club people every 8 p.m. Monday night, Eastern time. You can still join if you want to. We're doing living, loving, learning Leo Biscaglia. You're welcome to join us. Just email firstdaypotaprotime.com or DM us on Twitter, or any of the social medias or our Facebook page. So Dave, you have the floor. Tell us what we can look forward to here in the so, next months. The, yeah. So basically the, it's, it seems like at this point, what we're doing is we're going to be launching this awesome five day crush your cravings challenge. Um, that's going to be done uh, all online. Um, it's going to be streamed over Facebook. 
You know, it's going to be where you guys, you're going to be able to interact with us. You're going to be able to interact with each other. You know, that's going to be really awesome. And that's going to lead into a big surprise at the end, um, which is we're really excited about. And uh, we'll keep you, uh, keep you hanging on that one. But, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're hoping to launch into this treatment mode and open up our circle community, which is a, our online, you know, recovery platform. And that's, that sh- I believe should be happening in the next 90 days. So, uh, all right. Yeah. 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 That's what, yeah. We're shooting yep. for the moon here. So as you so should, on board. If, you're not, uh, if you're not on our mailing list, hop on at sugarxglobal.com, get on the wait list. Um, and, uh, and just, and we're, we, we will let you know as soon as we're even close to ready. So. That's right. And you do uh, the 15 minute consultations, right? Those yeah. And I do ones? 15 minute consultations through triggerfreenutrition.com. Um, you can um, connect with me there and you can hop on my email list too. Um, I send out a weekly newsletter and then also a quick reminder for the Thursday group that Leanne's coming to. And, and yeah, I think it's just a way to stay inspired and moving forward. It is a great group, but I've been working and I couldn't be there at that time sure, anymore. I, but, uh, I when totally, I'm, it's a rough time. Oh, yeah. But when my, to be when my kiddo sleeps. So. <laughs> hey, you got to get in where you fit in, Dave. I, hey, man, I get it. Do what you can. Well, there it is. Thank you so much to Dave for joining us. Uh, we got some great guests coming up over the next month or so too, don't we, Leanne? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so good. And actually, interesting is going to be so next week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So first week of February is actually eating disorder awareness week. And so we are going to be having, uh, Lucy and Patrick. They're from Bana, which is a bulimia, um, bulimia anorexic nervosa association. And, and, um, yeah, so they're going to be on talking about, they've got a lot of really exciting things going on. And actually the, um, the awareness week, they just put it through the government, I think, like last month or something to like finally get it to go. Or I, I don't know. We're going to talk more about it uh, next week. But yeah, we've got them coming up. And then we've got uh, Brandon Bailey, who's got he's so into um, uh, addiction, drug addiction. And he's got a lot of really cool things that he's been doing uh, with testing drugs for people that are on the street to make sure that they're, you know, the fentanyl and all that isn't in them. Like it's fascinating so we've got a lot of really cool things coming up and then dave you'll be back we'll have matt back um yeah maybe we'll talk about having you guys both on at the same show i think that would be really cool it would be interesting yeah maybe even diabolical so we'll see we'll see i'll just like accidentally (laughs) meet one of you guys (laughs) no muting we believe in no censorship on this show sorry All right. Well, that's great. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Best to Judy. Best to Kelly and the the children. The children. uh, The air. We'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday night. Thank you. All right. Be kind. Bye.